It is really funny, even now. Like, listening back to it, it's it's funnier. In the moment, I was just perplexed. But now, listening back to it, it is hilarious how you were, like, literally, like, you barge through the door. It's like you're it, we're in an old Western. And the barn door, you know, the door's open to the saloon. And you're like, I got this. Don't worry about it. Everybody stand back. And then, of course, you shoot yourself in the foot. Or, or the brilliance of it was to ask that kind of question in that sort of way to find out if the listener was actually listening to what you had just said. I mean, that could be, could be, I'm just saying could be, I guess probably not though. Yeah. yeah. There's the six shooter, right? I'm taking the L I'm taking the L you're like Della Reese in Harlem nights right now. Got shot in the toe. toe. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. God. I saw LZ's videos this weekend though. He was there on the streets of Phoenix. In fact, LZ at one point, you had a video of these Laker fans, and dude, it kind of looked like they were being chased by Suns fans. And I'm like, LZ might be in the middle of some stuff right here. It kind of looked a little bit like, uh, I mean, things could have gotten out of control, it kind of looked like. What do you think? Well, if you watch the end of the video, my friends, you would notice that as the two parties got closer and closer together, I turned the phone away. Now, why did I turn the phone away when it's just ready to get good, right? Yeah. Because I'm not world star. No. I'm not the dude who stands there and takes videos of violence. I'm the dude that puts his phone away in case some ish goes down and he needs to defend himself. Mm-hmm. So, so once I saw, that's when I saw it crank up a little bit. I was like going, okay, if one of these drunk mofos trying with me, let me just make sure that I'm prepared. So I put the <laughs> phone away, put it in my pocket, had the bag tight. You know, I was minding my own business, but I was also prepared for stuff to go down because there were some people who was feeling quite jubilant seeing how they just got their first playoff win in like a decade. Yeah. Yeah, I watched those videos like, oh, man, LZ has got himself in the middle of all of this. Suns fans are feeling really good. Their chests are all puffed out. They're screaming, beat L.A., beat L.A. Some of them were yelling, FLA. And then there were these dudes in these Kobe jerseys walking the streets of Phoenix, and I'm like, uh-oh, some stuff could wind up going down here. Well, and that's know, where the video left off. I couldn't wait to ask you. Well, you know, Phoenix in general, but certainly when it comes to NBA, a lot of people in this area are Laker fans. They're Lakers right, fans. because a lot man. of people move there. Because yeah. a lot of people yeah. move here. But then also, I mean, Shaq and Kobe are compelling figures. Yeah. Magic's compelling figure. And that doesn't say that history doesn't hasn't blessed the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns has a lot of ballers. A lot of ballers that have played, you know, for this franchise. But, you know, it hasn't been nearly as consistent as it has for LA. So a lot of people locally, they you know, they they love the Lakers. In fact, I was sitting next to Mike Wilbon for the game and we were marveling at how you could close your eyes and not really tell at some points where you were. That's how loud the Lakers fans were inside the building, even though we basically trailed the entire game. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this about that video. When you turned it away, did anything go down? Um, Some people came up to me and asked, you know, who I was out for. And I just said, I'm for me. (laughs) Smart. Yeah. I'm for me. (laughs) So if you want to be for you, I suggest you don't mess with the guy who's for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but it, but it was all good. It was it was it was all fine. It was a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Woo, I have well, the building been... sounded like there was a lot. You know that it was well, the fun. The building like, was it packed. Sounded electric. Yeah. 
the building the like was pretty pack? packed. Like we like, have been in Arizona, um, for better or for worse, uh, the governor began loosening a lot of the restrictions before our you know vaccination numbers hit a certain mark, and the governor actually started loosening up. Um, some of the restrictions before we even had vaccinations, to be quite honest with you. So it was packed inside and there was an aspect there that was unnerving because you knew everyone in that building wasn't vaccinated and you also knew everyone in the building wasn't wearing a mask. But having not been in an NBA environment since March of 2020, it was so awesome just to be back in that space seeing my boys try to defend this tap, this championship in that environment with all that energy. It was it was amazing. I I had forgotten how much I missed it until I was reintroduced to it. Yeah, interesting. By the way, you use a word in there. You say try to win another NBA championship because when you say try, um, that game. I mean, there are so many things from that game on Sunday afternoon that we could sit here and talk about and I'm sure break down and get into. But let's just get right to it, which is what's up with AD? I mean, that it was, was a bad game, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, was, I mean I, I, here, let me calm everyone down. They played a bad game. This is why we didn't want to do the play in because bad games can happen. You know, a bad quarter can happen. The Golden State Warriors didn't win that game against the Lakers because they had a bad third quarter. That's what happened. And when you look at, you know, the Lakers championship run last year, you know, we played some god-awful game ones. The game one against Portland, bad. The game one against Houston, bad. Why am I chill? Because I know we beat them both 4-1. So... While it is true that, you know, there is much to be said about AD, and we would certainly say that about AD as well as some of the other players, but at the end of the day, they played a bad game. They didn't shoot the ball well. It happens. But here's what I would say about AD, and and Shaq mentioned this too, and we've talked about this before. Occasionally, and he talked about it too at the postgame. He blamed himself, right? So As well he should. He took it upon himself like to say that, look, this was on me. This loss was – I played bad, et cetera, et cetera. But he floats a little bit, right? And I think that that's, that's the thing that can be concerning as LeBron – look, I, I think LeBron – you know, people are, are, gonna, are out there trying to tell people, oh, LeBron, you know, he looks dinged up. And he may still be dinged up to some extent. But LeBron has a history of playing the feel-out game in game yep, one. he sure in, does, man. In, in, a, in a lot of series. <laughs> LeBron has, hasn't won a game one since 2017 uh, in any series, okay? So, Wait, didn't um, we win game one against Denver? Didn't we go up like 2-0 or 3-0 against Denver or something like that? Well, I read today that they have, he hasn't won a game one since 2017. Now, maybe that's in the first round. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's before the finals or conference finals. Who but said I read those that words? Today. Who huh? says those words to you? Uh, I read it in the athletics somewhere. I want to say, but I don't remember who actually I mean, wrote it. But at the end of the day, you and the athletic, you're right. He does play fill out games. He filled out yesterday's game. He was clearly warm. He was clearly hot when the game started, and then he just kind of stopped and tried to get everybody else involved. And I was like, "To hell with everybody else, dog. Go on and shoot that rock." <laughs> like I was, like that. The part of me was just sort of like, I get it. You need to make sure everybody's cooking in this kitchen in order to have a full meal. But right now, 
You got the meat on the grill. That needs to be tended to first. We'll worry about the side dishes later. You cooking, dog? Well, but isn't isn't AD part of the meal though? Like they, he's not a side dish. No, he's not a side dish. But when Wolfgang Puck is in there burning, man, you let him cook. You let him cook, and it it, it really felt like you could almost see it on the players' faces when LeBron hit those three early J's. You could see them look at each other like, uh oh. Because you know when LeBron's hitting the hitting the J's. It, he, right, but then it went away him. after that. But, to but then point. he stopped taking them after that. Right. No, and then he got out of rhythm because the <laughs> and shots And then he got out of rhythm. Later. Exactly, exactly. But he stopped taking them. And he was concentrating on getting everyone else involved, particularly AD. And not to say that's the wrong thing for the point guard to do, but it was a game that looked like LeBron was prepared to have a big night. And he stopped himself from having a big night because as far as I can tell, the defense didn't take those shots away from him. He was knocking down. He just didn't take them. All right, but LZ, you start off with let me calm everybody down. And I said last Friday, I think the Lakers will win in six. I still believe they're going to win. But there's By the a way, part. They, uh, I'm sorry. They did win game one against the Denver Nuggets. So that report from the Athletic is wrong. Okay. All, All right. right. Way to fact go. check. Nice work. That was pretty easy. Plus, I kind of remembered. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I rarely trust my own memory, by the way. I usually have to fact check my own memory. I'm like, did I make that up or did that actually really happen? But here's the thing. As much as I believe that the Lakers will still win, and I've believed all along that the more they play, the better they'll get, presuming, of course, that LeBron is healthy and AD is healthy, and I've got question marks about both of those. And I also figured that from a chemistry standpoint, that would come with more play. But I got to say, you know, beating Golden State, then having Golden State lose to Memphis, that kind of made me recalibrate a little bit, like, was the win against Golden State, which was, as we all know, a Hail Mary at the end of the game by LeBron with a minute to go, was that really a great quality win? I mean, it obviously was on the floor, but what did it mean when Golden State then got knocked out? And maybe they were just wiped and maybe they didn't have anything left, but as much as the Lakers went into the playoffs on a winning streak, I'm not sure I ever felt great confidence. And watching this game and watching DeAndre Ayton, who I think of as being like a young, skinny guy, um, that guy's growing up. That guy's becoming a man. And that guy's going toe-to-toe with AD. And there were a lot of times in that game where I was surprised that there was no AD and there was no Drummond. And it seemed like Ayton was getting a lot of very, very easy dunks. Not only easy dunks, but he he really, you know, was as we talked about, like going into the game, I felt like he was the guy I was questioning, right? Like, you know, I feel like we know what Chris Paul is going to be even with the injury. I still felt like he was in control, right? Um, and, you know, with Booker, I felt confident he's going to score. And with Aiton, I, I felt like he was a bit of an unknown to me what he would do in his first playoff game. And Anthony Davis made it too easy on him is the way I would describe it. Like that to me is – you know, he, whether it was offense, defense, like he was just more comfortable than he needed to be in that situation if you're the Lakers. And you need to try to make him uncomfortable because Andre Drummond is not going to make him uncomfortable. Like, it's just not. Like, he had no problem with Andre Drummond. And then, you know, AD, for whatever reason, just was way too much on the perimeter. Like, he just didn't really even generally have a lot of possessions in the paint. And that's on him. We've talked about this. You know, LeBron talked about it. He's got to demand the ball. He's got to do those things. 
Um, by the way, LZ, I did read the internet wrong. It was first round games. This is 2017. Ah, there we go. Yes. Okay. Um, um, so because I was like, didn't it go up like two zero in the finals too? Yeah, um, no, it's not since a first round game one. He hasn't won a okay. first round game one since 2017. So, so sorry to the athletic oh, for me oh. slandering you. I was wrong. I, I read it wrong. <laughs> Excellent yeah, fact right. checking by all. Yes. 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 Self fact checking. The yeah, but Aiden surprised me. LZ. Aiden didn't surprise me. He, he did not. Me. No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. This the guy's number one pick in the draft. Yeah, but he <laughs> like, hasn't been. There's no, like, there's no Yale bud. He's the number one pick in the draft, which means right out the gate, the league thought he was talented. Right. And it was up to him to prove the league I mean, wrong. Markel Fultz was a number one pick in the draft, too. And he so hasn't, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Well, I, I understand that. But generally yeah. speaking, if you're the number one pick in the draft, that probably means the consensus is the league thinks you're talented. Yes. And, it, and it's about whether or not you can tap into this talent that the league sees potential in. Now, I never thought his rookie year was a bust. It's just he was overshadowed by Luka. Doncic had an amazing rookie year. Right. You know, Trey we'll Young get to has Luka, some, by the way, in a few minutes, too. And, and Trey Young has some amazing games, and it was an incredible score. So he was overshadowed. But if you go back and look at his rookie year, I think he averaged a double-double. So he, yeah, he was also the like, number one player in high school too. I mean, yeah, he's been the top yeah. player for years. Yeah, so it's not like this is like you know somebody who we don't have expectations for. We had expectations for when he got with Chris Paul and with Monty Williams. He got the missing ingredients in order to maximize that talent that made him the number one pick. Mm. Chris Paul's got that dude balling and right. believing and being physical yes. and being tough. Right. And while G- Andre Drummond could not stop him, at least Andre Drummond was willing to battle him in the paint. And Andre Drummond got some of his against Aiden in the paint. What was really disappointing for me is when Drummond sat down and AD, Anthony Davis, went to the five, he wasn't putting that same kind of pressure, physicality on DeAndre Aiden. Aiden was way more comfortable defensively against Anthony Davis than he was Andre Drummond because Drummond was at least willing to battle and work and got some boards and had some putbacks and made him work. AD was out there floating the perimeter, not even really looking to shoot and made life a lot easier on the one end for defensively. And then on the offensive end, he was just putting in work against the front line. Work. All right. Coming yeah. up next, let's get it. Let's dive further into this thing. There was obviously uh, a little uh, dust up is what I would call it uh, during the game. We'll get to that. Plus Luca. Wow is all I have to say. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results, fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 
Kaplan, what are these videos I'm seeing of you, uh, you know, deep sea fishing or whatever the hell? Well, as you may recall. And, and apparently you can't pick one up in this video. This no, I dropped this fish all over the place. I made a mess. Um, on Friday, I was telling you guys oh, that I was right. dreading going out deep sea fishing because it was an all-day thing, 4.45 a.m. to like 7.30 at night. And LZ, very wisely, said, go and have fun. You'll have a great time. And you'll probably, rather than dreading it going in, you'll probably love it coming out. And, dude, let me tell you something. I went deep sea fishing for the first time. We talked about this. Like I said, dude, it was awesome. And I caught these two gigantic yellowtails. Now, I say gigantic because they call them fish stories. These things were like 6,000 pounds, okay? But I put them in the boat, no problem. Chopped them all up like a real man. Baited my own hooks like a real man. Yeah, I'm feeling yeah. pretty good about Except myself. Except you couldn't pick it up to take the picture. Correct. That is correct. I dropped the fish as I tried to pick it up from the gill. He's a slimy little rascal, you know, and uh, dropped them all over the place. You know, he's floundering around like like LeBron after Chris Paul, you know, uh, got tangled up with him. That was my fish down on the boat. <laughs> yeah, you were you 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 needed to show the fish off like a trophy in that. Situation. I know, but I but I I could choose to not put this video out and show you what a putz I no, am. No, I I think the fact that you're putting it out that you're a putz is actually very uh, endearing right. is what Thank I would you. call it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. LZ, you were right, man. It was an amazing trip. It was a great bonding experience, um, and and it was, you know, when you catch fish, it's a hell of a lot of fun, and when you're coming in and they're cutting them all up and they're bagging them up for you, it was awesome, and then when you're delivering fresh fish to friends, dude, it was a great time. You were right, man. Well, fishing is a great time, but man, it makes you feel like you've actually done something with your time. That's why I like to hunt, too, because you actually come out on the other side, generally speaking, if you're lucky. With a sense of accomplishment, could you like this meal I went out and got, like got got? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. And it just it just feels good. Yeah, I know. Maybe it, is manly. it better to hunt fish or create your own fire? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Which one feels like a bigger accomplishment? Creating your own fire. I would imagine hard. so. It's I've never hard. created my own fire, but yeah. I would think it have to. It's it a thing, to. man. It's a thing. Right. Like, I wouldn't even know where to start. I think I would take two sticks and, like, rub them together real fast. Like, isn't this supposed to work? Or they maybe take a couple of rocks and bang them together like they're supposed to be a spark. I don't know that I could do it. Like, I watch those shows. What's that guy's name? Is it Bear Grills or something like that? Yeah. Where he, he takes people out into the uh, wild and you have to survive for a few days. He took Deion Sanders. And I couldn't do it, really. I don't think I could do it. No, you know? it's, it's – I've only done it once. And I don't really think I did it. Because it was like such a group effort, I really can't imagine. I can't remember what role I actually played, <laughs> other than maybe running commentary. <laughs> but you know, we have fireplaces, and even with a lighter, just making sure that that flame gets right, you know, without using the Duraflame logs, you know, yeah. which I don't not a big fan of because of all the wax and stuff. No, and that's but, cheating. Right? Yeah, you know. But I mean, even doing that, you know, with the lighter, it, it takes some some patience. Yeah. So I would definitely say, you know, lighting fire trumps hunting and fishing on the adult difficulty scale. Mm -hmm. Now, you, you mentioned Chris Paul, Scott. Do we believe Chris Paul was being dirty to his friend LeBron? I don't. I went back. That's what and Frank Vogel it. said. I, I went back and watched it several times again today. And if you watch the the series before, in other words, when they were down on that end of the floor previous. Same situation. Paul is trying to box out LeBron, and he's so much smaller. You're like, why is he there? 
And I just feel like when I watch the play, their arms get tangled. I don't think Chris Paul is intentionally doing anything dirty. That's just my perspective on it. I know I I feel like I'm in the minority on this, but I don't think Chris Paul's play was dirty. Chris Paul has a history of being dirty, which clouds when he has any sort of controversial. <laughs> right. So so as you take this individual moment here, right. you you are you are you you question yourself because of a historical precedent is what you're saying. Correct. Exactly. And when you see now, I'm sure you know, the initial look, all you saw was sort of like LeBron kind of goes up, Chris kind of undercuts him, and you think, oh, it's an accident. But upon closer investigation, the arms, Chris is pulling him down. <laughs> like, he's got it wrapped up and stuff. He is pulling him down, and that's Chris. That's how he balls. Well, and if you're a smaller guy, you're probably going to do that. You're probably going to yeah. try to get away with that anyway. Exactly, exactly. Right. So I think the real issue isn't about whether or not Chris Paul is a dirty player. Because I think, however you describe it, most people who have watched him over the years know he has a propensity of being really physical and get to that edge where you wonder if it is dirty. That's established. What I'm trying to figure out is can LeBron James decapitate Chris Paul? (laughs) And I bring this up because a couple of things happened that I was watching that I hadn't really seen before from him. For instance, when Chris Paul, what we originally thought was a shoulder injury, turns out to be some sort of head or neck stinger. It was a stinger, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, LeBron was over there the entire time making sure he was okay. Yeah. That's not normally what LeBron James does, particularly in the postseason. Yeah. Particularly in postseason. But this is the first postseason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is the postseason that he's facing his good buddy for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so I – not to say that he won't get there – and not to say that what we witnessed wasn't in combination of him just being concerned about his buddy, but also his his history, as you mentioned, George, of kind of having an exploratory game anyway. But Chris Paul is the head of that snake in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And just like he said the head of the snake in Golden State was, this, was Curry, and he never had a problem cutting that head off in the finals against Curry, he needs to look at Chris Paul not as my boy, as my close friend, as my confidant, but as the snake of a head that needs to be chopped off. Okay. And that but you see, therein lies everything you guys just talked about about his history as to, you know, his reputation. The thing is, is that it's not like Chris Paul doesn't know who he's trying to box out. He knows it's LeBron. He knows that LeBron had bent over on his sideline when he was down and out. In fact, I'm just rewatching it all right now. As the melee ensues on the floor, the guy who lifts LeBron up is Chris Paul. I just think that in this instance, they got tangled up, but his reputation precedes him. I think there's too much love going on. This is like, you know, uh, this is like an old school Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas kiss before the game moment. I mean, these are boys, you know? Right. I, I don't think anybody would intentionally. No, 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 be dirty. no, no, dog. You don't think so? You said kiss before the game. They weren't kissing during the game. During the game, it was straight competition. They weren't trying. When Isaiah sprained his ankle, Magic wasn't standing over asking if he was okay. Uh, listen, in fact, it's funny you say that because during the game broadcast, the announcers Mark Jackson were like, brought that up. Yeah, yeah, they were like, Michael Jordan wouldn't be doing that. Yeah, you know? I, yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. You know, and, and it's like I'm, I'm watching and I'm like, and it wasn't just him. AD was over there too. I'm not sure how much the camera showed, but we all know, and deservingly so, how much respect Chris has in the league. 
Mm-hmm. How much love there is for him. And he's the how Players much... Association president. Yes, you know? yes. Yeah. And yeah. he's the one that really forged through and helping making last season even happen once the pandemic struck and the, and the NBA was shut down. He's the one that was really in the fore in terms of getting that bubble together. So there's a tremendous amount of respect and love for Chris Paul. So that was all. there were quite a few Lakers over there. My question is, when it's time to cut his head off, though, can we put that respect aside oh, long yeah. enough I, I don't think to that, cut I'll, it I'll, off? Man. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. I but I didn't, I, here's what I didn't see then. Yeah. You said there's no question. Here's what I didn't see. I didn't see LeBron with Chris Paul on him take advantage of Chris Paul. I didn't uh, see LeBron get a full head of steam and go coast to coast and try to take bodies. I didn't, uh, I didn't see that. Even when he was warm or getting hot in that first quarter, I still didn't see him physically impose himself. He imposed himself from a skill perspective, but I didn't see him beat somebody's ass physically well, I, I mean, to get you know, where he wanted. I, I, I think, it, again, you know, historically, he's a feel-out guy in game one and then just kind of see what the other team is doing and then he kind of makes his move based on that. You know, uh, look, Bergman, I am curious to hear your thoughts on this because I know that you are an emotional wreck when you watch these games. So, like, what was your instant reaction when Chris Paul and LeBron got tangled up? My instant reaction was like, oh, my God, LeBron, are you OK? But that's, yeah. <laughs> it was it was more so that, I, look, LZ was saying it. Chris Paul has a history of being dirty, and that was a dirty play to me. I don't think he was doing it on purpose by Fogel any means. called it just like that. He said dirty. Yes, it's it was a it's a dirty play. When you grab onto someone's arm, that is a dirty play and pull down. It happened to Kevin Love when he was in Cleveland and Kelly Olenek did it. It's that's just how that's a dirty play. You can't do that. You're gonna hurt somebody. Mm. I don't know, man. You're talking about a guy who's much bigger, much stronger. Right, with Olenek and, 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 and Love, that example to Scott's point. I mean, those guys are about the same size. But still, know? I mean he yeah. still he pulled in he pulled his arm, he, and he wrecked his arm. Right, he hasn't but, really been the same. To, to Scott's point, was you know well he was fine after that a couple of years, the next year but um you know what i mean the, he was fine but, the next year yeah <laughs> well he has was it, done for that season well, yeah. i know that's what yeah. i'm saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> rap yeah. next year but but oh we gotta wrap he said rap all right uh but before we do before we wrap i can i talk about sam and ash yeah fine yeah okay all right all right uh so we'll get to luca we got overrated underrated properly rated coming up in a second this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thank you very much, Chris. All right, we're going to start off with you, Cap. And it was a big weekend for golf fans. Is Phil Mickelson being the first 50-plus-year-old person to win a PGA Major Championship overrated, underrated, or properly rated? I think it's underrated because I think most people probably really weren't even that into it yesterday. I mean, if you watch the, the tournament itself, the people who were there in South Carolina, they were really into it. I was watching, and I was really into it. Um, the age thing isn't such a huge deal for me, although what makes it such a great story is no one's ever done it before. So that's obvious, right? The thing that makes it incredible for me is that Phil Mickelson hasn't been good in a long time. And he had said that, hey, I've been working really hard in my game. I wasn't getting any results. 
So it's interesting to me to see a guy 50, nearly 51, win a, uh, win a major championship. And I don't know if you guys saw it. I know not everybody's a golf fan around here, but the course and the fans kind of behind him, like it's Rocky running down the street, like it's Forrest Gump running cross country and holding on to him, like touching him. It was, it was a crazy scene yesterday. So I think it's very underrated that Phil Mickelson pulled this off at nearly 51 years old. Uh, I too will say underrated just based on what you said, um, Greg. I mean, he's the first to do it. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, at the very least, it's properly rated, but I would say underrated if it's never happened before. I would definitely say it's properly rated. Um, we were keeping up during the game. Um, as you guys know, I'm not, you know, a golf fan per se, but I like to be informed about the things that are important in sports. And the fact that it was like, what, 16-year gap between the first time he won that championship and yesterday? Like, how do you even keep yourself believing that you can mm-hmm. after 15 years? Like, that to me, even more so than actually accomplishing the championship, believing that you could was, like, huge. Because you would think after 10 years, like, going, okay, well, this ship has passed. <laughs> and then the next thing you know... Just a testament to uh, never, ever, ever believe, stop believing in yourself. That's for sure. Yep. What's next, Greg? All right, LZ, let's stick with you. A woman on TikTok shared a video of a fight that was just about to erupt on the New York City streets when a man dressed as Spider-Man came and put a stop to the whole thing. That's amazing. <laughs> the video later shows that a man wearing a Batman outfit did nothing and just stood there filming. <laughs> Would saying this finally ends, saying what you did just happened, finally end the Marvel-DC argument? Would that be overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Oh, it's so properly rated. <laughs> it's so properly rated. Spider-Man saves the day. Batman has a device in his hand. Is that not really the shows? Is that not really the characters themselves? Boo. Batman with a device while Spider-Man is actually in the fight? Love it. I think Uh, this story is very underrated, by the way, simply because, A, I had not heard of it, and B, if I did, I would definitely want to watch this. Now, wait a second. There's crime happening on the streets of New York, and superheroes in real costumes show up to handle business. That... That's well, no, we only one apparently handled well, business. Right. The other well, one was filming but, it. But somebody the brought their cameraman. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, somebody got to have a cameraman. Like, yo, Batman, watch what's going to happen. You see that go down? I'm going to go over there and do something. Here, you videotape. You know, he brought his cameraman. Uh, listen, I, I, I have been on many a ride in the New York subways, and um, I feel like everything that happens there is somewhat underrated. Uh, both... You know, whether it's a positive thing or negative thing, that is, if you want to people watch, that's one of the best places to people watch in America. So I would say underrated. What's next? All right, Sedano. Um, the Dodgers have won 11 of 12 games after losing 15 of 20. Yeah, one and, back. Yeah. And are one game back of the Padres. Is the fact that the Padres and Giants didn't take advantage of the losing streak and push up a division lead overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Well, I feel like the Padres um, did take advantage of the losing streak, didn't they? They were in third place when before that losing streak happened. They're so, one up. No, I get it. But what I'm saying, remember, they were under 500 at one point until they came to play the Dodgers, and then they, they've, they've won a ton of games, too, in that same stretch. So um, they, they won plenty of games to catch up and take 
you know, put themselves in the position they're in when the Dodgers are out. So big I would say, killer alert. I, I would well, no, not big killer alert. You're you're factually incorrect. <laughs> so I the would whole say the way oh, the question was asked was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It, it was what? Did you just make that one up on the fly? <laughs> I mean, a little bit. There you go. <laughs> now it all makes sense. Okay, there you go. Just a little there shade. You. Just a little you shade. You had all weekend. Yeah. All weekend. O- overrated, I would say, because you weren't prepared to ask the question properly. New question. All right. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has a chance to do something that no other quarterback has ever done. Lose to 31 of 32 NFL teams. Mm -hmm. The Washington quarterback has lost to every team in the NFL except for the Packers, the Saints, my computer turned off, Bucks, and Lions. He plays every team this year except for the Lions. Yes. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. He plays every team this year except for the Lions. The Bucks, the Packers, and who else? Packers, Saints, Saints. Bucks, and Lions. Saints, Mm -hmm. Bucks. And he plays all three of them except for the Lions. Or all four. Yeah. So, and is, yeah. If oh, this, he's definitely losing those games. Yeah. If this stat happens, is it overrated, <laughs> underrated, or properly rated? <laughs> Who wants to go first on that one? I'll jump in. I'll just say this. This is completely overrated. It's a very funny stat to produce, and it gives us all a laugh about Ryan Fitzpatrick, Mr. Fitzmagic, you know, losing to every team in the NFL, and if he eventually plays and loses to Detroit, he can, can put that all on his resume. Yo, I'm Ryan Fitzpatrick. I went to Harvard. I had a really great NFL career. I'm not going to the Hall of Fame, but I got a lot to be proud of. I made a ton of money. But guess what my, my stat is when I walk away from the game? Tell me, Ryan. I lost to all 32 teams. That is completely overrated, and I don't think it'll happen. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that this is – I'm going to say this is underrated. I'm going to say it's underrated. I'm going to say it's underrated for this reason alone. In order to lose to 31 teams, you have to stick around. Yeah, that's true. 17 years. You have to stay healthy. Yeah. You have to be competent. You have to beat back the young bucks that are coming in. Ryan Fitzpatrick's career may may not end with him going to the Hall of Fame, but damn, he should be the goal for a whole lot of kids in college right now. Right. Darn that don't right. that don't that aren't going to project to be stars or whatever. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That yeah. dude has figured it out. Well, and he's I, I made a feel- hell of a lot of money yeah. losing to those thirty something teams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Laura, what did you say? Oh, don't forget my read. Oh, yeah, I'll get to the read in a second. But anyway, the <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, he's like the perfect like backup player who is good enough occasionally to start and get you all excited for a little bit, but then you realize very quickly, oh, this is why he's a backup player. But he has stuck for a long time, so there's that. Right. And, that and there's this one other little caveat, too, I just saw. What? There are seven quarterbacks who have lost to 30 teams. Okay. Bledsoe, Breeze, Favre, Hasselbeck, Kitna, Palmer, and Alex Smith. Wow. One quarterback's lost to 29 teams, and that was Kerry Collins. Okay. So – Ryan Fitzpatrick is not even that special. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. Lots of guys who have much better resumes have lost to more teams than Ryan Fitzpatrick. By the way, you guys are so right. I mean, you have a 15, 16-year career in the NFL, and you played at Harvard, and no one thought you'd ever be an NFL player. He's going to get a 30 for 30, dude, or something ridiculous like that. This guy's an amazing career. Incredible career. Yeah. All right. That's overrated, underrated, properly rated, presented by Canon Filtration. Coming up next, let's get into the Dodgers a little further. Let's also uh, get into how Luca. 
and the Mavericks stunned the Clippers. We'll touch on that on the other side. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you eat some of that fish? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Listen, I, again, I, Chris is right. I just put the, the fish picture up, George. The picture that I should have just put like, hey, look at me. I'm holding a fish. I'm cool. Yeah. But instead, I put up the video where I drop the fish. I fumble it like three times like it's a Montrez Harrell pass. And so, um, yeah, <laughs> I brought it home last night and I made sashimi. You guys oh. would have you guys would have loved it. Yes. I just cut it nice and I sliced it nice and, and thin. Yeah. Little jalapeno, some avocado, some ponzu mm. sauce. Ooh. Oh my god, I felt so cool, man! I I caught the fish, I saw real men clean the fish, and then I ate the fish. Mm. Yeah, felt good. Okay, look at you. I got some for both of you guys, by the way. I froze it for you. Oh, okay. I don't want even frozen sashimi. That sounds nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you also had sushi at a gas station, though. It was a nice gas station, George. <laughs> Air conditioned. So, I, mean, I mean, you know, I, I don't even eat uh, taquitos anymore at a gas station. You know what I'm saying? Let alone sushi. I don't care how nice that damn gas station is. It was very nice. It was so nice, I actually could have used the restroom. I could have done number two in that restroom. No Which, way! It was I'll that do nice. that. No that way! Nice. No, no way, no, no way you would do number two in a gas station nice. bathroom. Every soap dispenser was full. Mm -hmm. The little napkin trays inside didn't have too many so that you ended up grabbing like nine of them when you just want one. It was properly stacked. It was a nice gas station, George. Right, I heard you. Laura say, oh my God, Greg. Why did you say, oh my God, Greg, Laura? Tell him why, Greg. Tell him why. <laughs> Sometimes you got to go. You got to go. You go to, right. the, you go to the gas right. station bathroom. It's right. fine. It doesn't matter where you are. It does it's not, not matter. No. I will yeah, go not. myself, though, if the bathroom is nasty. I'll just take a bullet and just ride with it. Nah. I won't go to a nasty bathroom. Nah. This then was you a got... very clean bathroom. Yeah, you got to have, like, the proper sumo moves. I mean, if, the, if it's really, really nasty and gross, I mean, you got to be able to be nimble enough to, nope. uh, to, to get yourself in a situation where you can sumo over that thing. I'm not doing any poop yoga in no nasty bathroom. Hey, know. you know, poop yoga is one thing, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I feel like most people have done that. But I just, gas station bathroom, no, I'll find myself somewhere else to go. Yeah, again, I think for guys like Greg and I, Starbucks, our issue is Starbucks. Starbucks usually has nicer bathrooms, especially if you go to a big Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks is fine. Listen, again, I was going to say, Greg, guys like Greg and I, we have issues where it, gotta, it's not just stop at issues. Well, yeah, right. But in, right, but in this particular issue, LZ, this one is you're not really given much of a choice. This is happening now wherever you may be. Yep. So what are we talking about now? We were talking poop. about number two in the, still in the gas poop? station. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Laura, have you ever gone to a gas station bathroom? No. Lies. No, no lies. No. <laughs> Look, there's just certain things you don't do at the gas station, and that's one. Yeah. Yeah, I would no. agree. Yeah.
I, I would just agree. certain I, things you just, do. No, whenever you're all you're lying to yourself. I don't have a problem. No, oh, I don't. No, like, no, I, really I, I don't have a. First of all, I, at this stage of my life, I'm not even super duper regular, to be honest with you. Why so I have to take the goalie? <laughs> um, but the, but the other part of the equation is this: like, I can hold it. I've got strong bowels. Like, oh, I'm like, yeah. I can, I can deal with whatever I got to deal with and get to a place that's more suitable for sure. Well, holding it is is fine when you're able to, but when you're not able to, because it's happening now and it's here, and you're driving in your car, and there's nothing you can do, and there's nowhere for you to go, and you just decide to let it go, um, that's not really an option. That's just yeah, something Yeah, I don't know if happened. there's such a thing as a nice gas station bathroom, though. I don't mm-hmm. know if I buy that. I'm just telling you, man. You know, I made out in a porta potty once. Wow. It was such a clean porta potty. It was You made pleasant. out in a porta potty, is what you said? Totally made out in a porta potty once. <laughs> wow. Was it at a concert or something? It was the end of the night. It was like the last night of like Pride in Chicago. Oh. And there was this hot ass MF at the bar. <laughs> and it's like, I was like, I'm going to need to take advantage of this situation. So I step up to him. Dude was leaving to drive back to Indianapolis that night. So I was like, huh, what is we going to do? So I was happened to look outside and noticed they were dropping off fresh Porta Johns, Porta Potties. Oh, they were putting them on the ground for they some. They putting them on the ground, exactly. Yes. yes. So, you know, bought him a drink. One thing led to the other. Totally made out with the dude in the porta john. So, how do you? What do you? So, do you just proposition? Hey, let's go to the porta potty. Oh man, you make it romantic. You tell him we're going to go on a walk. Okay. And you act like it's spontaneous, even though you've already plotted everything out. <laughs> You guys don't do that we do i do Pre- i do your spontaneity just, yeah it's just not the portal i've never this the, is a new experience porta potty though porta potty not yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean because usually the fact of the matter is when you get into a clean porta potty you're like wow this is really quite oh, well was, done it was so clean yeah, yeah. it was well lovely. if it's new yeah of course yeah, it's, it's, it's impressive like flowers yeah yeah right because yeah. nobody I mean, has has made a disaster in there yet exactly and i thought it was in a for a video it was so pleasant nice by the way, I just saw Carl's Jr. has a chicken sandwich with waffle with waffle buns. Yeah, I've seen that. I'm curious. I, I may try that one. <laughs> Is that the one where they I, I drizzle honey over yeah, the, the I, chicken? I mean, I, I don't know if it's something I'll live to regret, but well, I may give it a shot. Well, I tell you this right now. You have that. You might be stopping at a gas station. You feel me? Yeah, we'll see. I'll be Make sure it's one of those clean there. ones. Right. There's plenty of Carl's Jr.'s near me. So, um, Anyway, speaking of poopy, uh, that was the Clippers, basically, at the end of that game on Saturday that I was at. The Holy, Clippers have always sucked. Holy moly. Like, that was – they had a three-point lead. They were trailing the whole game. They had a three-point lead. Paul George all of a sudden is playing great in the second half after playing a terrible first half. And I'm like, all right, all right, they're going to do this. And, you know, they'll be they'll be okay. And, you know – Ty Lue had told me at the end of the third quarter, we're going to trap Luca. Luca had like 31 or something like that, or 30 through through three quarters. And he's like, we're going to trap Luca. And they did. They trapped Luca. Luca did not take very many shots in the fourth quarter. And everybody else hit a bunch of shots. And the Clippers did that thing, LZ, that we've talked about, that they just stop attacking the paint. They just literally pull up and shoot jumpers. And I'm like, how many times do you have to see this movie to know that if you want to win in the playoffs, you have to attack the paint? I'm not saying that shooting isn't an integral part of winning a basketball game, but in a tight game, 
man, like if you're if you've missed seven three pointers at some point, go to the basket. Playoff P. Where it was trending be? in the first quarter. Where you be? Playoff P. You know, I I really take no delight in watching them collapse like this. I I, I truly don't. Um, but it's as predictable as like Texas, is it not? Yeah. Like, there is something about that combination of those two men that relies on talent, relies on schemes, but I'm not really sure if it relies on heart. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm calling, like, a guy who's won multiple finals MVP soft or anything like that. I'm not saying that. Right. But what I'm saying is, is that there's a certain mentality with the great ones, regardless of sports, that looks at a difficult situation and says, I won't be deterred. Right. And that doesn't mean they always get their way either. You know, Serena Williams, to me, is by far the greatest athlete in any sport who looks at situations and says, I won't be deterred. I've seen this woman come back and win a match down 5-0 in the third set. And for those who don't know tennis, six wins you the set. I've seen her down 5-0 and decide, not today, devil, and comes back and wins. (laughs) So she's amazing at that, but she doesn't come back every single time, but you know she's always going to bring that fight. Right. And when I look at the Clippers, man, there are just too many moments now when I'm go, who's the one that says not today, devil? Because everyone I hear is saying, well, devil, you do have a point. Right. And Rondo yeah. played well, I thought. Well, he's going to play well. That's what he does in the postseason. That's why he got his nickname. Yeah. But, it, but it's it, boils down to, to, to Kawhi and Paul George. I mean, it's incredible to me as I watch that game. And by the way, Luca was magnificent through three quarters, but he was also magnificent in the fourth in the sense of he wasn't going to force it. He yep. he was getting trapped, and he's like, I'm you know I'm a great passer. I'm just going to find the 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 open guy, and he did every time. Rap. All right, we got to rap. Greg said rap. Uh, all right, coming up next, is it time to have patience or panic with the Lakers and Clippers? We'll get into that on the other side. 